Hi everybody, welcome to a very Hi. special segment of Alchemist in the Making or Alchemist in the Podcast, whichever you'd like to describe it as. So this is a little bit of a special segment, as you can tell. Also, for those who are new here, welcome to the Alchemist in the Making which is a platform that I'd like to explore the intersection of our everyday affairs with architecture, as well as bringing my friends on and share their experiences with architecture in their everyday affairs. Danny and I, to simply put, both of us have studied art when we were in high school, as well as we, well, I have graduated from architecture school and Danny is still studying architecture at the moment. But for the both of us, we find that there is a very curious intersection between the world of architecture and art, and that's something we thought could be a little bit of a fun discussion for the both of us, where we pick out different works, artworks or architecture works that has that or borders that type of curiosity, and we would like to share it with everybody. So just letting you know that this is a pilot segment, and if this is well received by other people we would love to branch out independently to make this another type of talk show between the two of us and so just letting you know that we'll spend most of the time sharing precedents with each other and yeah Denny and I will spend some time discussing between those works that we've chosen to show each other keeping in mind that even though I have Denny's folder here I haven't seen the works that she's picked whereas Denny can kind of see one right now but she hasn't seen what I've picked either I hope. <laughs> I think I had a bit of a, a look and I was like, okay, there's stuff there. Okay, that's good. I try to pick things that you didn't really you know. know I didn't really know any of them, so I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Okay, this is good. Well, if that's the case, then maybe we'll start off with this little talk show. Hopefully we can keep it within the hour mark, but we always seem to talk over time. Right. So keeping in mind that it's one nineteen at the moment. And then afterwards, I will... We'll we'll wrap this off and then share our thoughts as well. And yeah, please definitely let us know what you think. And yeah, we'll see how this goes. Okay, let the fun begin. So, who wants to go first, you or me? <laughs> um, I don't mind. Do you want to go first? I mean, you've already got your stuff going. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I guess the first one that we'll definitely try and show you is these. Have you? Okay, first things first. What are your thoughts on it before we start? It's very, um, what's the word is orthogonal? Starting to learn all these words. Um, but I really like the shape. Like, this is pencil, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a little bit of thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, just to give you a little bit of context, as you can tell, this is the title here. Um, it's called Flores Residence um, by Morphosis, which is an architecture firm. I haven't done enough research but they are a pretty big firm in itself very well known for their black and white drawings when i say black and white it's white lines and black background oh yeah and they have a knack for combining sections elevations and plans together to merge into one drawing so yeah definitely have a look into that so this was drawn in nine or designed in 1979 so what i've the reason why I wanted to introduce Morphosis was because I came across it during my comms class in first year. Mm -hmm. 
And we were each given different architecture firms with a very strong signature style in terms of drawings. And for some reason, Morphosis have these really fantastical elements, which uh, one of my classmates did it to justice. I will share with you her works one day because she does things beautifully and I don't think I can ever Photoshop things to her level. She's just that talented. Um, and so, yeah, so Morphosis, prior to like their black and white drawings, this was like going back to the archives, these were some of the things that I found, which I think was quite nice. And I spoke back to like... I mean, the really strong lighting, just first mm. that horizontal section is like, what, maybe a meter up? Mm. Yeah, I love, I love the, like, you can just tell like the greens here. It's like so beautiful. Um, just even like looking... Super, super clean hand drawing. Mm-hmm. I think... Like, that level. Yeah, I think what... I really like about it as well is that it kind of speaks to us being in first years like mm. when we first start architecture it's like no computers hand drawing mm. and I think this is so poignant in like you get like the, the texture of the materials almost because mm. I'm assuming that's some sort of like paving the gray mm. stuff mm. and even though there's just kind of you know a bit of horizontal angle um, pencil strokes like, you know a bit of a roughness there's nothing wrong with hand drawing mm. And the cross down the bottom is really nice and really, really fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love the indicator height because of the shadows. I find yeah. that you kind of know how high the building is. Like, I want plants to look like this again because I've struggled with reading plants because it feels so flat. But then when you add colour and texture, in, it's like, oh, I love reading plants. And I find with hand drawing, your force, like, it's a lot easier to think about these things. Mm. Well, if you do it digitally, like, I guess you can be a bit more precise, but then you have to remember like, okay, we need textures, we need hatching, da, 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 and it becomes more of a secondary thing. Mm. Whereas I find when you do stuff by hand, you start to think about, okay, what's the material, you know, all this kind of stuff, mm. yeah, which, I, which I'm trying to push myself to do more as well. Yeah, like the authenticity. Like you can still see like the starting with these pencil lines that you see here mm. Mm. Um, and then how it gradually fades. Like there's something so beautiful about that. Okay, next one. I thought so we're just from gonna... the same series, or is it just from the same? I'm just gonna. They're from the same architect. I've got two architects today, so just let's open with preview instead. Um. Okay. Let's start with. I'll just keep stick oh. with morphosis, and then we'll stick with the other ones. Yeah. So this is another morphosis. So this is what I meant by they knew how to combine plans and yeah. elevations together. Is that like a photo collage? I, I feel like they've laid trace paper on top of trace paper. Oh, okay. So um, I couldn't get resources to this. Like, I have to do another Google reverse search because it's still not giving me, like, the proper resources. But I think if you had the good look at their publications, like, their older publications will definitely demonstrate works like this. It's quite beautiful. Um, I, like, it reminds me of a, a photo collage or some sort of even negatives like i'll kind of see mm. negatives mm. yeah but I, I like what what you're saying how they're blending like the line drawings and then i guess these more rendered elements together mm. i like i like it when um drawings do that because often we think of them very separately like here's the rendered image or something mm. and then here's the plans or here's some line drawings and it's really hard to kind of like 
put them together in tandem. And I think that's actually quite a good skill. Mm. And I don't think there's any harm in like rotating your drawings to make it like, I'm pretty sure this part is meant to be Mm. like, Oh, like, like yeah, I feel like it is. I need to look more into this project, but I think you wrote about collaging elements. Like you can see here, this is definitely not hand drawn. That's a stuck in. Yeah, no, it, it seems like an image of some sort. Yeah, but I just love things like this. Um, even this, this Ooh. you can definitely see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I should have. I didn't include. Um, I was going to include another drawing from Alfred Bossi. Mm. I think some collaborative, collaborative sort of thing. Yeah. Coming into that, like art, t- like kind of looking at that intersection of art and architecture. Mm. Like if you if we looked at this with just an art kind of mind there's a lot going on in terms of like the i mean this, this is monochrome right yeah i would say really nice kind of negative flip and in a way the line work kind of does that as well mm. Mm. yeah yeah i think they also did that like they kind of showed that here and then that flip is done here mm. like you can see in the section cut um and i think yeah even I swear if I saw this as an art piece, I think the first thing I'm thinking of is like there's so much technicality to it at the same time. I don't know if I would digest this as an artwork or more like perhaps it is a collage in itself, as you said in the previous one. Like obviously we don't know too much about this project either, right? Mm -hmm. So you kind of, there's a lot of technical stuff going on, but Mm -hmm. in a way that creates something else. Mm -hmm. And to me, like, to me, you know, we're talking about this idea of, of overlaying, combining line work and like images or like more rendered kind of fuller mm. drawings. Like there's something like it's, it, ca- it kind of shows you the idea in just one kind of shot. Yeah. Yeah. But here you kind of get an understanding, okay, there's some the river down the bottom, there's some sort of like a, on the site kind of plan here. But you, like, I like that. And I think even if we look at it from more of an artwork kind of stance, it's it's kind of showing, like this is not a, a three like a an image of the three D final product, but in a way it kind of shows you that. And I guess that's what you know plans and drawings and renders all supposed to be. That's just to show you, like, uh, like it's supposed to give you an eye a sense of like what the finished like three D construction is. Yeah. But um, I think there's something really beautiful in that. Yeah. And I think it's the hierarchy that is really, really nice. Mm. I find that when you try and mesh things together, it's the hierarchy. That's the mm. biggest challenge for me is to figure out where do you want the eyes to go first? Um, I mean, like, I feel like now that the more I'm looking at this laughing, <laughs> I feel like this can easily be put in like, a, well, going back to 2013, because that was the year I did my art exam, right? Mm. Um, going back to 2013, I think, like, this would be a very interesting piece to put in at the start of your art exams, but they ask you to describe things in formal lens. Yeah. So, because yeah. you did IB, right? But for us in VC, yeah, we've yeah. got two parts. Um, well, three parts. So the first one is, like, your very short sentences. Yeah, I think this would could definitely lend itself in the first place, because... In some ways, the composition of the artwork carries a lot, um, well, the architecture drawing carries a lot of idealisms from artwork, which I guess that's really where architecture drawings come mm-hmm. in is because... But I think art- what you were saying before where you have to figure out, you know, hierarchy and where do your eyes go first, that's something that's very much an art mm-hmm. principle. Like, 
mm. when you first look at the work, what are you attracted to? Mm. And like for me on the on the right left side, mm. there's that instant um, you know, black and white kind of big block, solid uh in, I don't know, inverse. I don't know how you call that. Whereas yeah. the other side is like a lot more um like really thin lines. So there's kind of a kind of nice duality to it. Yeah, it's a nice profound nature to it. Anyhow. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure this is a morphosis drawing, just given basically just by telling these lines. So this I've is heard of morphosis before. Pardon? I think I have heard of morphosis before in columns, actually. Yeah, I would imagine that they would make them names pretty big um, alongside Archigram and Super Studio. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like those three are probably your big ones, like big graphic styles of drawings. Um, I think one day I'd love to put these next to like our traditional, you know, traditional Chinese calligraphy drawings, all the ones mm. that you see on like wood blocks and cuts. Like there would be, it would make an interesting comparison because that yeah. was how they talked about how they try to introduce perspectives by overlapping things. And that's what they did. And I think looking at this, they kind of try to introduce perspective, but at the same time, it feels flat. It's like there's this optical illusion. Pardon? Is that like what are the long? I believe these are sectional elements, so these all lead to a plan or something. So, because um... this this must be a really really tall project. Uh, it does, but the thing again is we don't know if they've rotated it to make it fit this. Yeah, way. although when I first saw it, I thought it was like some sort of underground mm. tunnel network. Mm. That's odd. <laughs> I don't know what I can say, but like the this is what I mean by morphosis, like bringing back the black background and the white. Um, I think I wonder if part of me would read this in a very different atmosphere because this feels a little bit ominous just by the composition of it. Mm. But if it was using different colors, so like instead of black and white, it's like I don't know going back to your classic traditional blueprints of navy and white. Like, how would we read that? Well, they say. Like from high school, we had a high school math teacher and he would always put like yellow yellow text on black background because apparently that was supposed to be the most, um, like the best way to read stuff, like so the clearest, especially because like PowerPoint stuff. Mm. So when I see this and you always find that like white, this is white, like white on black is very easy to read. Mm. I still into like some of the other drawings, like this is very distinctive. Mm. In terms of colour, I think I think you kind of start to take away from, like, this kind of rock stuff in the background mm. and that greenness. So for me, I like this black, like, the black and white because there's something very clear about it. Mm. I don't think there are any grey, they're not really any grey tones either, so it's, like, mostly just black and white. Yeah. I think it's a sharp contrast. Like, I think mm. what's really nice about it is that it forces you to look at details gradually. Like, I was just looking at a hole, but now I'm just being drawn mm-hmm. to this tiny yeah, section to it. And I think there's nothing wrong with like presenting big panels of whatever you want to it. I've seen people do that, but it's a matter of whether your audience is patient enough to look at this slowly. Yeah. I think that's where I started with back then in my presentations. It's got an interesting, like just as an image, it's got a really interesting composition because it's like kind of one part's kind of put to one corner, the other part's kind of put to another, but then there's that overlap. Yeah. You know, and I don't know what's happening with this kind of this one, like triangle stuff, uh, line work in the background. I don't know if that's part of if that's part of the the foreground kind of line, like this kind of long strip. Maybe it's um, that, or 
yeah. if it is and then it bleeds into the background image with all the rock-like formations because i, I kind of mm. like that hmm i mean it could be like the texture of the material i mean it's yeah. to hear I'd yeah. like to see what, what that project is about. Yeah, I need to reverse image search. Uh, oh, yeah, by the way, for those who are wondering, I will definitely reference some of these images yeah. in the notes. I do have a collection of them. It's just that it's a little bit hard for us to discuss it right now. <laughs> okay, this is one more morphosis. Uh, well, we can skip this one if we want, but <laughs> just saw another morphosis project. Yeah, the to the others. Pardon? This is very different to the other ones. Like the other ones had a really strong, like messy, almost kind of overlay mm. of like line drawings and, and plans and stuff, mm. images. This is very much some sort of 3D view, mm. aerial view. But still like a lot of dark kind of shadows and, you know, white and dark. I guess it's kind of like a weird greeny yellow. Yeah. That's just what happened when you when they like scanned or whatever perhaps i'm curious to know whether this is like because this part kind of reminds me of a model like a cardboard yeah, model yeah. that you see when was this done do you know i have no idea but i can tell this is a publication see that line so maybe check it out of the library and see if you can find mm. some of those drawings but they're like little little plans in the bottom or something yeah sections of plans or something maybe it's plans Again, well, I don't know if we t if they tipped the, like, but then it doesn't make sense if they did tip the building sideways because of yeah. that element. It doesn't look very habitable. Oh, I, I think it is a, is a plan because it looks like this. This is kind of long. Yeah. Element on the left. Yeah, but they've got like nineteen ninety nine and then one hundred eighty two point zero, the one seven six here, and then one zero point one seven two. So a part of me is curious to know whether that's like levels or is it sections? So this is showing one part of the section, and then these are the other sections that are showing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, next one. Oh yeah, one more. So for reference, this one. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's very cute name. It's called 2468 House, done in 1978. Again, like that texture. The, like if you look at the very bottom, I'm assuming that's some sort of, looks almost oh, yeah. like a fruit. Herringbone. Yeah, the, yeah, the herringbone kind of. Mm. It's a really nice drawing. Yeah. It looks like it's popping out at you as well, which is really yeah. strange in comparison to that. Apologies if you can hear the microwave in the background. <laughs> um, but anyhow, so I think if you look at it closely, they chose a really specific type of paper to draw on because you can kind of tell that it's lifted off from the surface as well. It's got that type of rough texture as well. What's happening? Um, Is this like a, it looks like it's repeated elements, like it's, Looks a bit surreal almost. Um, I feel like they're trying to make it, this is an elevation definitely, but I feel like they're trying to make it still look like a perspective, but an elevation. Yeah. If you think about it. It's a bit, um, maybe not gold, maybe not golden ratio, but like the idea of proportions mm. coming into this. Mm. Yeah, it does play into that too, which I think is pretty cool. It's kind of like, there's, there's very clear set elements, like the triangular kind of, box house with the triangle on the top but then like every every iteration is like a little bit different mm. Mm. 
Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, this feels really weird. It's like elements are jumping out at me, but it's not at the same time. It's like yeah, flat, yeah, yeah. but not flat. Playing with perspective. Mm. I don't know. Something weird going on here. Very weird. I don't know if I like this. Yeah. It's, like it's, it's cool, though. Like, I don't know what's going on. We like you, but we don't know what's happening. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is the reason why I want to pick this. Uh, this artist is, yeah, yeah. oh, dear goodness gracious. Oh, I did not write their name down. I actually have the name. Yeah, Alexandra Exter, stage set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you go to the exhibition? I think, no, I think from we had a, a history lecture about, like, Russian um, avant-garde, and I think they were talking about this guy, the lecture was talking about, this guy or lady, I can't remember. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if they were Russian, mm. but they were a big influence and I think might have worked with the, a lot of Russian, um, you know, constructivists and stuff yeah. at that time, you know. Yeah. Influenced. Yeah. I really love their graphics because I remember when I first saw yeah. this, I'm like, oh, my heart. Like, I love things like these. I know it's stage set three. <laughs> I know, but clearly it's saying something about Landa and Roma, right? Like, mm. I think I was dumbfounded when I found the model of Villa Savoir at the exhibition. I'm like, what? Roma have got another good exhibition on, actually, that. Mm. I think I might have, I can't remember if I put a, a couple of these in, but it's called, it's called Cut and Paste, and it's looking at mm. um, collaging in, like, architecture and stuff. But that's a yeah. bad topic. Yeah. But, like, if you just mm. look at some of these, where right, it looks like I'm really pretty sure it's painted. Quality. Pardon? It's a really strong graphic quality. I think it's, it looks like gouache or something, like mm. a really flat color. Mm. Really simple, like, like you see with the stairs, you can tell the stairs, like with the gray, the mm. shadow. Mm. Um, yeah. But it, I mean, I guess, was it Parc de Villette? It's kind of inspired by, well, I mean, there's, you know, a lot of people say there's like strong ties to Russian avant-garde yep. within the work. But I mean, here you can kind of get a sense of that with the red and the way that all the elements are kind of, because it's flat and it's really hard to tell where's, where's what. Mm-hmm. Like this, this random kind of like arcing piece seems to cut into the stairs. But then also like, how is that possible? Yeah. I find that the perspective is funny in this. It's mm-hmm. like, yes, it's again going back to like the 2468 one, right? It's like, it's flat, but it's not flat, you know? And like the black triangle. Mm. If you look at that, if you read it as perspective, like it's going off that way, but then the stairs are going that way. Mm. And then like some of the stuff obeys that law and some of it doesn't. And yeah. the, the white circles, I'm, I'm confused as what to they are, but like. They're nice. I don't know. I mean, it's a nice composition. And I think that's, like, the beauty of, like, that intersection again, like, going us like, we see this as architecture to an extent, but at the same time in art, like, we still want to experience what the scene is or at least what the environment is mm. to an extent. And I think that's really, really fascinating as well. Mm. It's also, like, interesting. Um, there's, like... What about maybe four different patterns, like the, I don't know what you call that. I'm running out of words today. Um, That's okay. (laughs) 
you know like the the thing on the top there where it's like a shading kind of thing that you pull out from oh yeah yeah, yeah. the <laughs> what do you call that because somebody you tells know what you're talking about right yeah i know what you're talking about like the roofing let's just call it the roofing yeah it's some sort of like shade or something like that you pull out yeah um but that's got like you know horizontal stripes and then you've got this checkerboard flooring i'm i'm, I'm imagining can't talk now um mm. and you got this arrow and then you've got this again mm. um candy cane stripe thing like they're mm. four very distinct but almost kind of similar patterns mm. and coming back to like textures they're like this is a very very flat drawing or painting mm. as painting is something mm. like that but the way that they're incorporating just kind of different textures and almost material suggestions really yeah nice. that's pretty cool yeah i didn't think about that actually when when i look at this i think of um have you heard of brett Whit- whiteley sorry i can't pronounce his name he's an oh. australian painter yeah i've heard of him i can't remember his work though yeah um there's this one that's really famous it's called self-portrait studio where everything is flat but the way he denoted perspective was he drew this white line in the background um yeah yeah it's really interesting I'll sh- I'll share it with you later on, but maybe we'll discuss some of this stuff another time as well. But, like, it's mm. such a huge contrast between going back to Exeter's stage set, so, like, this, and then now you look at this. It's, like, zooming at different scales as well. Mm. The perspective is a lot clearer as well. Yeah. I think it's more distinct. Yeah. But then at the same time, like, the arches are kind of... Because they're not, they're just, like, one arch they're not like a full mm. like roof covering it starts to like mm. be a bit confusing but i really like that yeah i think it's, it's it kind of speaks to your traditional like perspective lines like you know your two-point perspective yeah yeah yeah, yeah. kind of speaks to that and this i think a west side story or chicago whenever i look at this i mean this is just like the the drawing for it but i think they built some of these and it'll be interesting to see compare the finished construction with this because mm. mm. the way you we as just a random audience perceive it versus exeter perceiving it and then creating it are two different things yeah so nice though i just love looking at these like this like this yeah. different styles right talking about styles like it's it's really stylizing the the set and the idea of theater almost like mm. but you've got like the long beams of spotlight yeah and then you also have the ropes and then the um the ladders and stuff like they're not that tall but it's kind of linking all these different things together and kind of expressing them as long elements yeah and i've it's funny such a sad thought but like for some reason this type of composition like there's no hard lines to define what they are like outlining subjects this reminds me of like this little um, wall feature that I used to see every day when I was in Hong Kong. Like there's this food court, it's gone now, but back in where I grew up, like they have this type of feature where it's like popping, like this type of this composition, but they were like kind of make some of them more bulkier. So it like pops off the wall. Oh, like That's it kind such... of, yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's almost um, sweat embossed, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Those types of murals, kind of funny, bit kitsch, but love yeah. it. Yeah. Also All right. That, like, They've inverted the like even though the light comes through, you can still see the ladders mm. and stuff that they've switched up the mm. the lines and the way mm. they're drawing them. Yeah, yeah, now that you mentioned it. 
It's quite nice. Part of what makes it so interesting to look at. Hmm. All right, let's go with y'all's then. <laughs> I'm curious to see what you gave me. Like I saw the names. I'm not gonna lie. When I was moving into a folder, but then I'm just like, "Holy moly! Look at that!" A couple of these are like stolen from lectures, but um, there's some really nice photos they put in the lectures, mm. um, images. So this is um, one of Gaudi's drawings of the Socratic familiar. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of people know, mm. but it's such a different. To me, it's like a really interesting way to. Do, to perceive the Sagrada Familia, especially because we're, we know it more as like the thing mm. that's in partially completed construction and we can see the final elements and there's a lot of color and there's a lot of distinct geometry. Mm. Here, like this is a lot more moody. Uh, yeah. And you can see the paper, like, well, I don't know, maybe it's the, the yeah. using has like grittiness and it almost feels like, I don't know if you ever did this as a kid where you put paper over like a concrete. Coin, do the rubbing yeah yeah that's what i was thinking of like did they mm. do that oh, yeah i don't know how he did it but i, I like this this outline it's very it's almost a bit gothic yeah. um it's really moody i think i've got a couple i think i've got another one here yeah I I think for like like they're kind of together no um, i think yeah sorry I like no, no, I was thinking like this almost looked like an ink drawing like you know you I'm not sure if you've seen Hoggy's latest works but just like for for ink turbos that she did two years ago she got water brush and like she just painted the water and she just dragged ink and let the ink oh yeah, yeah, yeah. in that's my impression of it when I first saw yeah. it I'm like did do you know so Gaudi drew, drew this yeah, I think Addy drew this. Holy moly. Like, this is something we should see other than, like, the inside. I feel like what's the sad part of, like, Sagrada Familia is that we only know it for one type of element, like, the really happy side of it, like, the grand gestures yeah. of it being advertised. Yeah. But we forget that the labour that it takes to build things like this. Like, mm-hmm. I think one of my, the most grim, but one of my favourite questions that, Ugh, sound probably favorite it's not the right word but one of the questions I enjoy discussing with my friends is I remember when we were in Japan looking at all these architecture like the really old historical ones and somebody asked how many people died building this yeah it's kind of like Great Wall of China the pyramids like they're really impressive but then who had well, we, they didn't have machines well they did but you know someone's still gonna do it <sighs> yeah and I think this kind of speaks to that element, like, you cannot take construction, like, you can't just take, it makes you think about the things we take for granted quite a fair bit, I swear. So I think this drawing, to me, speaks about that as well. I think we, we often forget, especially with, with ancient and kind of earlier work, like, work from the past, like, it's really impressive, we go and have a look at it on, on some trip or whatever, mm. but we forget that, like, the, the construction process takes a very long time, a lot of skill, a lot, a lot of labor, a lot of probably pain and death. Yeah. Um, there's like, there's like a, a castle being built right now in France and they're using like the original plans or something like that from this random French Lord who was going to build this castle, but it never ended up happening. So they're building it now in the way that they would have in the medieval era. It's, it's taken forever basically, <laughs> but it's really interesting because they have videos about, um, the stonemasons who are like doing it and and like pe- people painting the walls and everything mm. it's a very different way of seeing construction 
Yeah. And then there was, there was another documentary. I think my mom introduced it to me. This was before I really understood what architecture was, but they were talk, <laughs> rebuilding like the Panthen. <laughs> Sorry. Panthen. <laughs> Sorry. I can't pronounce it. Hopefully you know what I'm talking about, but like they were talking about like, how did they build these sections of the columns? Were it the Pantheon or the Parthenon or the, the other one that's in France or something? Hang on. I'm talking about the Greek. <laughs> Oh, okay. The Parthenon. Parthenon. Sorry, Parthenon. Okay. (laughs) So the Parthenon, because they have these columns, right? And turns out that they managed to excavate or uncover one area where they actually drew out all these measurements on the floor, so it allowed Mm. the people to cut it to the right angle, Um, Mm. and how, like, you know, the whole the circle cannot shift when placed in the square, like a rectangle, the square boundary, right? So they kind of adopt that principle. So like they slide these parts onto a column, but that column was round while the holes are square. So it prevents it from shifting or rotating. Oh. Yeah. I, I'm really trying to, because, you know, there's often like a thing where architects, you know, architects and builders and, and I guess engineers, they're all like, we don't, we don't really have that, physical mm. skill often mm-hmm. most of us don't mm. and i'm really interested in that because like I, I was watching some stuff about fashion i was watching like the paris fashion week stuff and some of them actually show you the way it's being like the way they create clothes this is sorry this seems really off topic but then i feel like fashion has a very strong like the designers have still got a very strong like communication and interest in what the craftsmen are doing yeah whereas in architecture like for me at least i'm i'm quite dissociated from that and i feel like it's important to come back to like how do they actually make stuff because that's where the design comes from like i think i've included some stuff from louis khan but his um he does a lot of i guess mm-hmm. a lot of his a lot of the stuff that's impressive architecturally comes from like engineering and like construction itself yeah and yeah. to be honest that's where architecture was really founded and it's interesting mm-hmm. to see how a lot of us have gradually, at least like in the context of our education, we've mm. kind of shifted away from that. Yeah. Like there's, there's good stuff about it, but then mm. sometimes I'm sitting there like trying to think of how to like designing and my brain is just empty. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this is kind of a similar thing from Gaudi, but it's, it's interesting because it's very different in the sense that you've got that very clear, I think it's a, an early form of a photograph. Mm. At the front there. Mm. And I don't know if it's because of the paper, but you've got this rippling effect of the drawing in behind. It's, mm. it's kind of, in a way, it looks a bit like um, Renaissance depictions of like uh, Madonna, like Madonna, the Madonna and stuff, and how there's like this glowing like light in behind. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't no, know if that, that was intentional. That's just the way the photograph came out, but like, yeah, that kind of vibe. Oh, I'm curious to know whether, like, after the photograph came out, he purposely wet the paper. So, like, going back to this one, I feel like this was drawn while it was wet on a wet surface. So, like, while the paper's being fragile, right? So it would have laid on top and he would have drawn. Another thing might be, apparently, in the lecture, they're saying that during the Spanish Civil War, a lot of his stuff was destroyed because they mm. found his workshop and, like, tried to destroy a lot of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that might be why some of it... Kind of turned out like that. Ah, fair point. You might have a point. I don't know. Maybe happy accidents. We'll never know. Only 
Only A, the people who went and destroyed also his stuff would know and Gowdy himself would know. Mm. Ho, ho. I'm talking about Louis Kahn because I wrote an essay about him last semester. Yeah. Um, I guess kind of picked his like him as a topic because I was like, sounds like the best one out of them. Because <laughs> so, we're only like halfway through the semester. Um, yeah. But I, I came to really appreciate and love his designs because they've got a very strong, like he's not an engineer, but a lot of his work, like the architecture comes out of the engineering kind of, like there's some sort of quality that comes out of the construction itself rather than putting stuff on the building to make it impressive. So he went to, I think mm. he spent a year traveling around like Rome and like Greece and like Egypt and stuff. So into a lot of drawings. So this is, it looks like some sort of oil pastel or something like that. Um, of the Acropolis from like 1951 and it's just it's such a simple like drawing but mm. it really captures like the light and he's he's using like blue and like some sort of red ochre but and they technically shouldn't work together but they do yeah I think there's something really humble about this drawing it's not like he's highlighting the architecture but he's also highlighting the site yeah like the feeling of it yeah and I find that you don't get as much of that nowadays. It's generally that you do get the sight, but it's always from internally, like looking inwards to external. Or even if we're looking from external to the architecture, the architecture will always be the central focus, whereas this one, yes, of course, architecture is still at the center point here. If you look at all, like artistically speaking, all the dimensions get drawn to it. But it's not as if it's trying to compete with the kind landscape. of almost like I mean this is obviously a ruin and he didn't design anything but it's kind of saying um what happens to the architecture after you built it like yeah often now there's a big there's a big uh there's a lot of attention towards the architecture itself mm-hmm. but then when you drive you know when you drive around like you don't think of it as that like building mm-hmm. you think of it more as like that's just a landmark something that where people live there or like how that ends up becoming part of just your everyday life in the city. And yeah. I think I mean, this kind of depicts that better. I mean, a lot of the drawing now where we put a big emphasis on like precision and like a really detailed, like even if it's just like a, a image like that, like some sort of render or something, mm. like it's got to be very detailed. And I also feel like this, this um, push to like make it very clear Mm. and sometimes there's there's a beauty in having stuff that's as you were saying humble and a little rougher Mm. yeah i'm curious to know whether this was drawn on canvas like i know it's probably a bit grainy i think it's because he had like a notebook so like oh it was like he went around Mm. around europe yeah oh it's the way paper was being made back then yeah it's some sort of like nice paper some sort Mm. of Hmm. And I think that's just like going back to Gowie quickly. I know when you go to the others, but like, I think the materials, like you can't get the materials you used to draw on back now. It's so different. And I think there's something sad about, but if it's environmentally better to have the types of materials we have now, that's understandable, but there's something so nice about this. Really, really nice. Is this another yeah. Louis Kahn? And I think it's Karnak, just some ancient Egyptian city. Mm-hmm. But like you get the Egyptian vibes just from 
like the columns, like because the Egyptian columns are a bit different. Mm. But like again, the lighting, like he's using like green and red and yellow, and mm. it works. And like sort of light green, like yeah. you don't read it as like green and red and yellow. It's a bit. There's a time period. I feel like there's an era in art where like they kind of did stuff like this. Dadaism. Um, a bit of Dadaism. I remember in primary yeah. school we had an art teacher who like loved this kind of style of mm. art. Mm. Um, but yeah, like again, the way he's capturing the light, and I guess also the arrangement of stuff. Mm. Like we have a column here, then there, then there. So mm. really nice. Um, what do you call? Composition. Composition. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's like it's like you you get a sense of all of that just from really clear colors, like yeah. I yeah, th- to this level of drawing. Mm. I don't. I don't know because the thing is, I didn't understand what the context of this drawing was. I think if this was presented in a series, then I'll perhaps see it differently. But when I first looked at, it, I feel like this feels more like an artwork that you see in a gallery and I cannot tell it was for architecture. Is it because like the, the columns and stuff are like a bit more ambiguous? Yeah. It's the ambiguity and the angle. Like, I mean, it feels like something's being cropped out of it. Yeah. Like I can't tell it feels flat, but I know it's not at the same time. Like going back again, like the negative space. Like, are you more familiar with, are you familiar with, like, Egyptian, like, ancient Egyptian architecture? No, that probably explains why. Because yeah. for me, like, that seems mm. pretty distinct. Mm. I mean, I'm starting to slowly see it now, like, sorry, it took me a while to understand mm. now that more we're talking about it, like, but, like, here. Yeah. I don't know like, why I didn't finish that side of the drawing, but, yeah. Yeah, like, this, you can tell this is incomplete, right? But this is outlining the missing silhouette of this part. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, now I can start to see it because there are some things like, because I haven't, as you said, like haven't been involved with it much, therefore I'm not as familiar with it. Oh, okay. I would love to see this together as well, like as a whole. <gasps> yep. Oh, crap. That's beautiful. All right. Oh. <laughs> My God, is this done by... This looks yeah, like color pencils. Holy moly. I don't know if he did it. Like, this is Louis Kahn again. I don't know if he did it or someone else did it. Mm. It's the National Assembly building that's down in, in Dhaka in Bangladesh. The building itself is really cool. But, like, imagine you were the client and you saw that. <sighs> that's nice. Oh, my God. You could, I could just feel the cold. I don't know if it's because it's winter mode, but, like, you can just feel, like, you're walking into a really cool building. Like, as in, like, when I say cool, it's in temperature. Like, you can just walk in. You mm-hmm. can, like, feel the dampness in the air because that's what concrete is in, to me. Like, I kind of, like, you know, that moisture left on concrete and you feel that yeah. atmosphere. I mean, like, you can – the way that they've drawn this, you get a really strong sense of the concrete material. Yeah. And the white stuff's supposed to be, like, marble. So what they did was they put like, oh. so in every block that they would put a vein of like, not a vein, but like a strip of marble in there. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So the marble it, isn't as strong though, unfortunately. It's not as strong, but even when you see the photographs of the building, like it's not all just concrete. So it's interesting kind of breaks yeah. with like these marble bits. Yeah. yeah. But that lighting, I mean, the whole building is about light and like that does justice to it. Oh. 
I'd love to see like a silhouette form of this. Like if you take, a, just leave the light in and it'll have mm-hmm. everything in black background. Like, oh, this is so nice. <laughs> You're like fangirling. I know. It's just like, oh, you can see it. You can just feel it. Mm-hmm. I think there's something beautiful when you can step into the drawings. You can, you're able to submerge yourself into it. Like in comparison to the previous stuff, like it's it's the same dude, like same architect, mm. but the way that it's depicted is so different. Mm-hmm. Like this is very, very detailed drawing, mm. but then you still get a very strong sense of the light and mm. the the feeling of the motion of being there. Yeah. But like not to discount really detailed drawings, but like there's something, you know, it's still important. Whereas with the other ones, like they still have a strong sense of like light and space and stuff, but they're a lot more, um, I guess, so, like a lot more solid kind of colours and stuff. Yeah. This one, it's literally telling you what to imagine in terms of yeah. materiality. And I think therefore to dictate one part strongly, then therefore it allows you to imagine the rest rather than having to exhaust your imagination on a lot of yeah. things as well. Holy moly, I really like it. Ah, okay. Now okay, now that I look at this and then looking back at the Egypt the one about Egypt, okay, it, it kinda of makes sense now. I kinda of get it. But again, like he's using like no no two column has the same colour. I know, and right? They're all the same and yet they're all different and they kind of say something about the light. Mm. You know? And oh, I would like, like to do something like this. It's very clever. It is. I'd love to do something like this. Okay, Louis Kahn, as a person, a few things are yeah. a little bit questionable, yeah. but you can't deny his talented. Yeah. Yeah. Made some cool buildings, talented. Like yeah. No, I'd love to see students replicating this one day. Mm. That would be so good. And I think it comes back to, like, I, I want to do this more, but, like, hand drawing and just learning kind of art mm. skills is really important and can help your architectural development. Mm. And I'm trying to do a bit more of that because I'm not great. But yeah. I see the importance of like art yeah. towards architecture. I yeah. mean, at least we both studied it. So it, to an extent it has helped us a bit because we can obviously grapple all the like formal cultural contemporary ones at least those were the three ones that we had to talk about and such but like i think the fact that the both of us kind of know the basis of it it's a little bit easier for us to perceive things as well so now that we have that it's a matter of also whether the type of architecture design we want to do can adapt to this too because i think this is forgiving given the historical elements and the background context to it right yeah true Hmm. We'll see. We'll see what you do next semester. Okay, talk to me about these. Okay, so this is Roy Lichtenstein, Lichtenstein, mm-hmm. um, pretty famous pop artist. But uh, this was from the Whitney, actually. I stumbled upon this. Um, I don't even know he did this stuff, but obviously, at least hopefully, obviously, this is like a, what do you call it? You know, on top of like, a lot of classical buildings I have yeah. like, out of the lintel, but it's always very decorative. Yeah, I don't know what that actually is called. We have a term, but that slipped from my mind. <laughs> so much for studying architecture. Um, but it's a really interesting 
way that he's done this. There's a print, obviously. Yeah. Some sort. Um, again, the stra- like strange colours, but it works. Mm. And then there's really strong shadows. Like there's no, there's no um, mediating kind of colours. There's just the white and the black for the decorative parts. And even though it's all flat, you get a sense of that kind of undulating Mm. surface which ha- which like a lot of classical elements have like especially with mm. columns and the what do you call the bottom of the column and the head of the column and the lintel like there's that idea of it's kind of undulating. yeah and this is this is a front on it's not even a an what do you call a um a silhouette or a section of that it's like it's a front on perspective of it and you yeah. get that sense of it so yeah. i thought it was really beautiful i really like the colors as well Mm, it's very confident like if you look at it you feel very confident just looking at it it's very Mm. strange way to describe a drawing but yeah it's pretty nice I I like this part this reminds of like you know word like back then like your word borders that you use in primary school (laughs) it doesn't doesn't remind you of that I never even thought of that like the more I'm looking at it, I'm like, this looks like something you would use back in like primary school, like those tacky templates. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> like tacky templates that you would use oh, back then. It's pretty good. Oh. So this is this is very this is a Mies van der Rohe drawing. It does not seem very Mies van der Rohe, but no, like it does not. Early stuff. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. very like early stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's it's very um classical uh inspired Mm. but that perspective is so strong Mm. and yet the left and the right look very different but if you if you look closely they're just the same because it's symmetrical yeah the the fact that this has got the shadow on it this has got the light on it yeah and the clouds are going it's amazing Mm. Uh, and it's very uh, like it's colossal as well like from an architecture point of view it's very colossal it's really really thick Mm. Very strong classical background. There's something really soft about it. Mm. Why I like that. Do, do you know what material he used? Like, did he paint this? If you zoom back out, I didn't check when I first got it, but I'm going to guess. Yeah. I'm going to guess a bit of watercolour, mm. ink, maybe, maybe a little bit of gouache somewhere. Mm. Yeah. Definitely not going to paint. Yeah. But it's I think different to his like new stuff, like not new stuff, like more famous like stuff in the sixties. Mm. But if you think about it, it's a little bit like Zaha Hadid. Not many people really knew about her previous drawings until like you come across people who are big, big, big fans of Zaha Hadid and then you, you would know her. You like have a serious shift in style. Yeah. So mm. I'm curious to know like what was their architecture background, like their education like back then? Because I would imagine like there's evidently a lot of drawing, but did they have to practice this type of drawing a lot? Yeah, I think he, I feel like he was taught by a Beaux-Art. Yeah, I mean, he must have been taught like in a Beaux-Art style. So yeah. This is, I'm thinking Boulay, um, Lado, like really strong, monolithic, monumental kind of architecture with some sort of classical vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And like the way he's depicting this building as well, like you're in that kind of square. There's some sort of massive Abe Lincoln-sized thing on one side. Yeah. Huge towers. 
this huge kind of portico of some sort. But then like you're in that wide space, so everything kind of feels even bigger rather than being pressed up on the side or being pressed right up to the statue. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. You can just feel the atmosphere from looking at it. Like, I really miss those things. Mm-hmm. So okay. this is the later stuff. This is part of that college collage series um, exhibition and yeah ser- series and exhibition that i was talking about from moma which i think is still on right now it's online mm. a look. Mm. Um, i don't know how he did this because like for me thinking about like back in the 60s and stuff mm. even, like, what 30 years ago in the 90s like how do they do all the this kind of collage work like how did he get the span structure image mm. it's kind of in perspective and i don't i don't know anyway because now we have it, it's all digital and like you can yeah take photographs of stuff and it's a lot easier but yeah. this is i think this was for a convention hall for like some sort of competition mm. and it's just like four elements really really clear you know kind of span ceiling yep. hang stuff and lighting and whatnot american flag down one side mm. marble with some sort of mm. um something on it i don't know what and then what looks like people in crowds and protesting or I don't know protesting. Mm. I think about protesting now because that's what that's what we're more familiar yeah, with. Yeah, was currently like, stuck in this context. And like the colours are really distinctive even though they've got a lot of detail in them. Mm. But they're very it's almost like not not really foreground, background, background, but it's like three really three really, really distinctive elements here and then there's just that one bit on the side. Mm. I'm just trying to think, like, that repetition, like, okay, I can clearly see this is one block, that's another block, that's another oh, block. Yeah. Good point. Um, but I'm thinking, like, because that, I would imagine this part is the same image as that. So, like, were photocopies, no, photocopies didn't exist in the 60s, did it? I don't know. That's because I'm just thinking, like, Xerox machines. This is, we're too young for this. <laughs> <laughs> I know people are looking back, like, there's on Spotify, they also have their ads where they're, like, Oh, thanks for like listening to Spotify, and then they'll be like, "And you could have played, like, you could have used an eight-track tape if you knew what an eight-track tape was." I'm like, "I get it. I'm young." <laughs> anyway, or oh, like for the people who get it, it's like, "I get it. I'm old." I mean, yeah. I use cassette. Anyone tapes, watching so. this, like, if they know about the techniques people used back then, please write a comment. Let us know. Oh, definitely. The onus is on us to do some research next yeah. time. Research about that. Oh my um, god! Yeah, really cool. This is another Mies work. Oh my god, Guernica! I like, started doing all these collage things, and so it's it's so much more minimal to that early work mm. um, with the painting and the the really colossal kind of mm. um, image. But mm. I mean, these are, these are just sculptures, and like this is Guernica from Picasso. But mm. the way he's playing with the the foreground, midground, background stuff and the way that you perceive the space. I mean, it's so flat again. It's so flat. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's a strength in that arrangement. Mm. So I guess this is this is where the art and the architecture kind of mm. merge and kind of you can't really take away either because this is very much an art principle. Yeah. That is characteristic of art. Whereas it's also very important spatially in architecture. Mm. The other thing is like, I don't know. I think it's that again, going back to what we discussed earlier on, it's like back then how people attempted perspective in a very mm. flat 
section was overlapping right mm-hmm. and i think you can still get a sense of depth i don't know is it because of the scale but the overlapping you can kind of tell that there is something under and behind this wall mm-hmm. or you can evidently tell this is behind something so, and mm-hmm. this is further like, back there's no you can't tell if there's a roof or a floor really like there's no mm-hmm. shadow or lines to show you that yeah i mean shift from what he was doing before though very i mean if you look at it like this uh like formally speaking in terms of art like pretty smart of the way he arranged it because if you look at the angle going here mm-hmm. and the angle here there's a oh, triangulation yeah. and there's another triangulation here so we can tell that he has worked with depth to an extent just by his placements of it already anyway um, and then how I think the only part I'll disagree with you that there's no floor. You can just because of the statues, like the grounding of the statues. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like yeah. he he's creating the floor through the placement of the stuff. Oh yeah, sorry, that was my fault. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's beautiful too. And this is the last one. Very surprised to put a photographer. Like, is it a photo? Is it a oh, yeah, it's a photo. This is something I saw the NGV Australia uh, by myself to see this awesome photography exhibition. Cool. Um, and this is a work. This is yeah. This is a photograph. It's a really large photograph, actually. Mm. Uh, I know you, you love a lot of um, Japanese stuff, a lot of Japanese architecture, but this is a suor. Mm. Mm. Um, just like as a photograph, it's beautiful. The the, the light and the shadows the the report like the fact that the people are really small and there's really tall columns um that contrast is really nice but architecture like it feels a bit it feels a bit like a a sci-fi movie yeah actually you're not wrong there you're not wrong there i think i don't know if we'll ever talk about it but like movies and and stuff Mm. have a really um the way that they do architecture is really interesting. But um, no, I really like this because, again, it has like a very strong kind of colossal nature to it. Mm. And the three guys, three workers, you know, are so small. Mm. And I guess this is, I'm assuming this is below the city as well. Mm. A bit catacomb like. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the sense of scale, like the, there was the importance of staging those people in, like evidently, like this photo. Yeah, if you didn't have them, like you don't really, you can't really tell. Like you kind of know it's kind of it's a big space, but when you get on there, it um is very. It's yeah, cool. I didn't know if I should put a photograph in there because we were doing like drawings, but I just thought this was really nice. No, it's a good wrap up. I mean, like we can definitely, I think, like carrying on to the next segment we can definitely then start off the conversation with yeah. okay intersection now by using photographs as demonstration to explore mm-hmm. these intersections right mm-hmm. so i i think it's a really nice way to close off this conversation we're still within the time frame <laughs> at least wow. we're doing pretty well i think maybe next time we'll limit ourselves to perhaps like pick three each and then spend yeah. a bit longer time in the conversation um because like just even what we've seen so far evidently i'm sure for the people who are studying architecture you always hear us saying please try different mediums please look at these precedents and sometimes for me personally i have this really bad habit where i tend to use 
artists more than architects because I feel like if you look at somebody who's not an architect, then you're able to forgive yourself or be a little bit more forgiving in the way you present your drawings. I think at also least. you you see it a bit differently. Yeah. The second you know it's an, ar- an architect or something to do with architecture, you kind of like, you don't read it for what it is anymore. Mm. Yeah. And I, and I think like, I think perhaps like one of the things that I sometimes feel a little bit puzzled by is why sometimes um, like, you know, you hear that phrase together, art, design, architecture, and I'm thinking, but why is architecture suddenly separated from art and design? Like is the reason why architecture is away from those two is because again, going back to like the main reason why we're having this conversation is because it's that intersection between art and design. Well, I never thought about it like that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I often hear, like, art and design, and I guess I was lumped architecture in the design category. Mm. But do you think maybe it's because architecture is dealing with, like, end of the day, it's a lot of it, a lot of it's, like, large-scale construction that's quite, um, what do you call, like, it requires, there's a big industry and it requires a lot of, Mm. in a way we see it as more practical a lot more like it's serious yeah you know, I was talking my fashion design earlier like we don't really yeah. see that as a serious thing mm. conversation yeah um, there's a lot of conversation with fashion like um I don't know I find that there is a stigma often linked with the fashion industry and yeah. you can definitely tell that just based on the years and the history of the politics that is heavily tied with fashion as well Mm. um even in the current context that we are in now it's a very i would say to an extent if we're not careful it can be a very tricky conversation to have when it comes to talking about fashion it's it's an interesting industry yeah yeah that's for sure um i admire it it's very interesting yeah we'll we'll talk about that another time perhaps but like going back to architecture i think like yeah my friend talked about how like to an extent architecture we are seeking a solution because we are solving a problem or a brief that has been given to us and i think that's where the practicality comes in but then how much of that practicality has evolved over the years as well Therefore, I think that's why it's kind of separate itself. So, like, looking back at all the work that we've seen before, like, you've seen how technical the architecture was, despite being really artistic in expression. But nowadays, it's about artistic expression, but we forget the practicality to it. To yeah, but, like, you can have architecture that's entirely imaginary or it's entirely surreal and would never work. Mm. Um, but then you know, a lot of, some people within the architectural industry kind of don't like that. Mm, It's a yeah. And this is, I feel like I'm, we're always kind of trying to balance between very practical, you know, end where it's probably going to be constructed, at least you're trying to look towards that and then stuff that's very much experimental. Yeah. And that's, even though, even the architecture, I think we still see as, you know, feet on ground kind of stuff. Mm. There's a lot of whimsy and, and strange designs, which I love, that you know are very hard to construct. There's that. There's a strange, like, we were just talking about how fashion is, is interesting and there's, like, lots of stuff within that. There's yeah. a lot of stuff within architecture, as I'm starting to find, um, that's up for debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I would love to go on more, but we will go over time. So. Yeah, 
<laughs> I mean, it's been fun, but I think just going from this episode, like definitely there's so much we can talk about just even from one artwork where you can go off on a tangent if we wanted to. But um, in the meantime, once again, thanks for joining me, Dini. So glad to have you here. Thanks for having me. No worries. And yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. Hope you like this little special segment <laughs> that we've got. And that, yeah, please let us know your thoughts. And hopefully, if this is well received, then we'll definitely branch this off into a separate segment. And Dini will be the regular guest. I won't be swapping anybody else. But she's my partner in Carmen who established this idea as well. So in the meantime, as always, please subscribe if you haven't already on Instagram or just visit the blog as well and listen to the podcast. And yeah, drop us a comment and we'll see you next time. Bye.